if you're like me, you want to get your business ahead, but there's certain skills you need, but you just don't have. If this sounds like you, then you need to head over to Fiverr. They have a whole array of professionals that can help you in different areas from design to writing, marketing, and more. They have you covered. I seriously can't tell you how much Fiverr.com has helped me along with this podcast. Um, I've used them so much for this podcast. It's been unreal. They make my flyers. They go ahead and um, I hire this guy to help me upload the each episode and in the beginning in order for me to be all over the place it was I was totally going to Fiverr it was I seriously just it's I've gotten so much for my business through them so please use my link which you can find in the description of this episode or you can go to MarcellaAlonzo.com and book there through Fiverr today you'll be glad you did Hello and welcome to Sunday Fun Day. Today I welcome Josh Castro. Thank you, Josh. All the way from you're from Austin or where? I live in Austin right now, and I'm currently uh, live in Austin. I'm originally from El Paso, Texas. Oh, okay, okay. So, how long have you been in comedy? Because you did, you were how many years? I've been in uh, about nine, nine to ten years around that time. Uh, mm-hmm. and I've been, uh, working here in the Austin scene for, uh, for about that, uh, about a time. Uh, and I've worked with a lot of, uh, comedians here. I've started a couple rooms here and, uh, uh, I, I, uh, help run an open mic Tuesday nights here in Austin. And, um, I, uh, run a monthly shows. Uh, one is called the border Lass. Um, I'm from a border town. So I, it's a little bit different from the rest of Texas, so it's a little a little bit more uh, southern slang and a little bit more fun uh, at my shows, and uh, I call it Border Last, featuring uh, Latinos from border towns and Latinos from all walks of life, uh, even Latinos from all over the borders. When it comes to not uh, just seclusion to Mexican borders, but I've also had uh, Canadian border uh, border comedians. Um, so oh. I've kind of uh, I've done a little bit of of everything uh, when it comes to that. I also have a room here called the Haha Room. And mm-hmm. that is also just featuring uh, Latino headliners mostly. Oh, nice! I love that you are presenting because, like you said, we you uh, before the big exodus of uh, gringos. I mean, uh, <laughs> not exodus. Um, how you say the interest of all the gringos that came to right. Texas, right? Uh, yeah. How was it before that in Austin and all everything? Well, it was, it was it was pretty small. Um, there was a scene here. Um, it was just very small, very alty, um, very um, very small. And, and there was some Latinos here, but not a lot of representation when it came from, um, you know, when it came for headlining or winning competition. It was always, you know. Uh, a, a white man or, or white women or, or uh, uh, you know, the, the person of diversity, you know, things like mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, uh, LGBTQ community, but it was never been a Latino. And so there, there there's always been that kind of lack of representation in, in the scene here. And I think that's changed now. Now that um, the scene has kind of grown and more people have moved to it, I think a lot of people um, are acknowledging that and they're starting to seek out that type of culture and that type of uh, type of comedy. And, and it is a unique, different type of comedy from, you know, because it it, it kind of, you know, we kind of speak in code here in, 
in in Texas. You know, we don't we speak a little Spanish, but we also speak a lot of language that's uh, relative to our indige indigenous side. So a lot of the words and a lot of the, uh, the things we say get a lot of lost in translation in a lot of, you know, comedy that we speak. So by keeping that tradition and keeping our culture and using a little bit of palabras in our in our in our in our uh, our comedy, we're able to reach a, a different kind of a, 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 a perspective and people are more prone to to start looking at com comedians lower than the, the uh, um, you know, just like less mainstream, you know, like Gabriel Iglesias. They're starting to look at the guys who open up for Gabriel Iglesias and the guys that are kind of mm -hmm. up and coming. So that's a good thing where it kind of gives us a little bit more spotlight. I mean, we still have a lot of work to do when it comes to uh, representing our peeps, people. And on, when I say representing our people, I'm, I'm meaning more in a positive light, you know, and, right. and what I'm, what I'm trying to do with my comedy is kind of change those perspectives that are, we have a lot of LA comedians coming over here and, you know, they, they kind of speak like, Oh, que pasó? And then, like <laughs> this LA style. And it's like, we don't really speak like that down here in Texas. We, <laughs> we got our own Texas slang. We got our own thing down here. We don't really, the Cholo culture kind of, it's still here, but it's like, man, I haven't seen those guys since 87 so <laughs> no when it's I first moved, I lived in LA for 10 years when I first because I'm from uh Florida originally and mm -hmm. when I I thought it was something on the news and I remember when I first and I'm Puerto Rican Cuban by the way um uh -huh. but I uh Mexican by injection I always say <laughs> <laughs> but um when I first went to LA I was like whoa what is that <laughs> and then over you know um and because I'm two different cultures, the Cuban and the Puerto Rican culture, it does have two different words, like two sure. different dialects too as well. Yeah. Yes. And I think a lot of white people don't know that. And yeah. like, so when uh, automatically people always default, that's Mexican, that's Mexican. Mm -hmm. And all they're doing is pissing off all the other Latino brothers and sisters. It's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like there are plenty of Cubanos here. There's a lot of uh, there is? Uh, Dominicans. Oh yeah. There's a there's huge Dominicans over there. Oh yeah, yeah, Puerto Ricans that been here where they're all scattered here. It's just they are they are from the the country, the motherland. Oh no, no, no. So, you after um you know that big hurricane that happened in Puerto Rico? Uh -huh. Um they shipped a lot of uh Puerto not they shipped, but on their free will, they gave them a choice <laughs> of Orlando or Texas. And I I know of somebody that she goes, "Man, I heard Florida and there was cuz that hurricane was so bad. I forgot what name. There's so many damn hurricanes and Yeah. Um, but she would she after that she goes, "I wanted to be landlocked." And she's in Lut Lut how do you uh let not Texas or something or so I don't <laughs> yeah. know I don't know Lockhart. Texas is so big. What's it called? Lock, Lockhart. Lockhart. I get I guess Lockhart or I don't know where she is. She's somewhere. <laughs> She's landlocked. She's not seeing no water. She don't want to <laughs> see no water after that hurricane. You know? Yeah. So there's a lot of people that pass through here and they ended up staying here and then, then they end up moving. But you know, um Texas is very unique when it comes to Latinos. There's a, a very Mexican dominated, obviously, um, but we do have our share of uh, uh, different Latino cultures here in Austin. Um, it's very patchy. Um, you know, there's a little little town, little Cuban town that are where all the Cubans are at. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. It's there. They're there. It's just it's very hard to reach because. They're so diverse, meaning the fact that, you know, uh, they're more from the, the island born mm -hmm. versus American born. So right. a lot of the comedy doesn't really translate. It's hard for me mm -hmm. to like reach to a person who was born in Mexico 
with some of my comedy because my comedy is just not going to translate the same. So initially I have to kind of involve myself more in the culture and, my, you know, kind of get to know, uh, you know, the lifestyle and kind of speak the same language that they speak in order for them to understand you know the, the comedy on their end you know what i mean so it, it it's very it's very different right well no i think that's why um you know we're like we're a very big population and we're growing and growing i think the reason mm -hmm. like in the entertainment what happens is like a, um for instance this fool which is a great show it's if you've <laughs> ever lived in la it's a great great show i've had yeah. um um one of the writers on a, a while back but um this fool was great, but I noticed you have to be like in LA to really appreciate. You have to have had live in LA. Correct. And my younger daughter was raised in LA, so she appreciated that show so much. Um, but then you got over here in Miami, those Cubans, they don't know what the, it's. And I even was raised in Florida. It's so <laughs> foreign. So you have to, you know, there's some, it's, you know, all the Latinos as a whole, because we might speak the same language the culture is different and that's where we're not uniting where right. English speakers, like wherever they all seem to unite and blend. Right. In. And so, yeah. so what I'm doing on my end, I'm all, I've also produced a couple Spanish shows on my end. My mm -hmm. Spanish is not, you know, it's not the best. <laughs> it's very Spanglish. Uh, it's uh -huh. very Americanized. Right. Um, even growing up on a border town, you know, you would think I would have, you know, the perfect Spanish. I mean, I have a couple palabras here I can get away with. But uh -huh. when it comes down to a really dark, a really deep conversation, I'm really going to have to do my homework. But, you know, at the same time, you know, you have that diversity here. We have so many Latinos here. We're so complex. You cannot just put us into one batch, you know. Right. So uh -huh. it really has to you really have to understand, you know, the, the dialect, uh, the, the culture, you know, the region. The region yes, is, is yes. very, very important of uh, of what type of Latino you're, in, uh, you know, you're, you're encountering, you know, and I and when I watched that show, um, uh, this fool, I really liked it. It was uh, Chris. I think Chris Estrada was the name of the yeah. the writer. And, uh, you know, I got I, I didn't get a chance to see him when he came to Cap City, but he was one person I didn't want to reach out to. And it was the same thing. You know, I really enjoyed it. I appreciated it. Um, but, you know, it wasn't really my style. It wasn't really L.A. It's a lot of stuff that we kind of like evolved from uh, yeah. here in Texas, but at the same time, you know, it's still there, but it's just not as prevalent as it is in LA. It's not as prevalent. The gang culture is not as prevalent. You know, the resources for gang culture is not as prevalent as oh. it is in LA. So, so, I mean, it, it is, it's just different styles, you know, it's not it's different styles, right? It's just not the same, you know? So, but there is the same type of culture, you know, we have, you know, like if you, if you look at like, RGV, uh, which is a Rio Grande Valley, which is south of South uh, San Antonio. That's like little Mexico. You know, you go down there to any of those regional areas, you know, everybody speaks Spanish. Um, it's very much like a border town with away from the border, but it is very culturally diverse. And you have to understand the, the amount of Latinos and Hispanic families that were already there prior to any. Right, type of right, right. Yeah, because because people don't seem to get it. Um I had a partner of mine, somebody I dated, they were um, Mexican and their family, their, I think it was their grandmother or their great grandmother. I believe it might've been their grandmother was there when it just switched over to the United States. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And, and, yeah. 
a lot of families were just basically, you know, given this information and they didn't really understand what was going on. But all of yeah. a sudden they have to fight for their homeland that they already been living in for centuries. Right. And, you know, I'm blessed. I'm third generation uh, Mexican, Mexicano here. I was I'm blessed to know my family history. My family history, I can trace down to Guadalajara, Mexico, and my other descendants to Sonora, Mexico. But see, that's the, that's the, the problem here with Texas. Not everybody is blessed to understand where they come from and trace their roots because mm-hmm. of the, 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 the oppression that has already been existed in Texas at the time of the formation of the borders and the times that where families were basically forced to either uh, fight for their land or flee from their land. So there's a lot of Texas history that is not known that contributes to why Latinos and Hispanics act the way they do. There's a reason why we don't speak Spanish. And there's a reason why we, right. don't, we yeah. get a B. But not knowing the the um, generational trauma that has impacted us because of that, meaning that our parents and our grandparents were basically um, chastised for speaking Spanish. They were not, you know, encouraged to speak. They were punished for speaking Spanish. And because of that reason, the next generation lost that and because they lose their culture exactly so so i mean what is the most identifying characteristics of a latino you speak spanish and if Mm -hmm. you don't meet that first characteristic oh plus you're not mexican you're Mm -hmm. not hispanic enough (laughs) and you know what i'm tired of that you know i'm I'm done with that right 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 and that's the mentality is we need to really get over and we really need to accept who we are as people as as a whole and learn how to mesh those generational traumas, learn how to mesh with those and reach out to our Spanish speakers, reach out to attempt, you know, and that's the thing that we're we're really we don't know our neighbors, you know, and that's the, that's, that's what's true. really hurting us, you know, and I, I, as a whole. And to me, I try to mend those 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 gaps with comedy try to mend those gaps with introducing people to our culture and under you know keeping the little spanish in my set you know so things like that um you know i have a joke that that i say in spanish i withheld that joke for about maybe three years it said wow. it sat in my phone for three years because it had a spanish punchline and I was too scared to to use it and now it's one of my best recurring jokes that I use. <laughs> <And> people, <laughs> I didn't think people would get it, but people right. are understanding the culture. They wanna know about Spanish. They wanna know what why things are the way they are. And all it does is just take a lot of reflection, self, you know, self-awareness, understanding our own people, our cultures and the differences and not being ashamed of who we are, uh, not being ashamed of not knowing how to speak Spanish, not being ashamed of. And we're we're guilty of ourselves. The Latinos are putting ourselves down because of that. Yeah, no, I interviewed um, there was a Cuban comic from Miami that I interviewed her and she made some, like a reference of I don't understand why nobody doesn't speak. And I, and I had to say, honey, you were raised in Hialeah. Like some people were raised in other, and in Miami, in Miami, the Cubans run that whole city. Oh yeah, oh they, yeah. George W. Bush in that election over Gore, literally. Oh yeah. <laughs> they, 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 you know what I'm saying? And that's why if Miami's always gotten popular because the them them Cubans, they came here, they implanted. But what I what I had to learn um, about Latino history was, and I felt it was very sad when I did go to L.A. I saw all the people that have were born, raised in L.A., the many generations of Mexicans that were teachers, 
um, families of cops. And then mm. there was a lot of white people that went there and it didn't make sense to me. Like, how come they're not running? You know, they've been there for many generations. How come they're not running the town? Like, the right. you know right. what I'm saying? And it was the racism, you right. know, and being suppressed so much over there on. And what, what really got me is, wait a minute, it's their land. Exactly. Yeah, and it's sad because their land was stolen, you know, which happens to in America. Many in, uh, people's land was stolen. The indigenous people was was stolen. Okay, of course, yes, and, including and ours, including yeah. ours. <laughs> I mean, Texas yeah. and Texas, New Mexico, and California—that's all Mexico. Yeah, territory. yeah. And so when and, people and, say, "Oh, they're coming here, or whatever," and they're ta- they they owned it. <laughs> and, well, in in a, in a sense, you know that that you know there's a lot of history that that is kind of convoluted. That people have mm-hmm. this old old west style that you know the the Americans took it over and. Well, you guys lost. Well, true. But at the same time, you know, there was a lot of things that happened in between that that era that where a lot of land was 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 lost and stolen. And so Mm -hmm. so it it, it really depends on what side of history you're looking at uh, and and, and where you're coming from as far as perspective on what you what you learn, because I have a lot of people telling me, like, no, that's not true. Uh, You know, that didn't happen. I'm like, well, here's the thing that's your history my history i'm gonna oh, go yeah. ahead and follow my history my history <laughs> you know, until you can tell me where my family came from and what state they were born in and my grandfather and what how many shoes he shined until you can tell me that i will believe you but until you can't you cannot tell me right, about my right. own history no matter how much it's written in books because my history is written in stone so <laughs> yeah yeah no exactly so to- it's, I, I noticed that and it was very, very, to me, sad and depressing. And then the, when I moved to LA, the people that united most with me were the, the Mexicans. You get what right. I'm saying? And they opened up their arms and welcomed me in their home and were, you know what I'm saying? Very good people. And we, you know, and then I started really good. Um, I love the culture. Um, the Mexican culture, even though I'm Cuban, Puerto Rican, um, and I enjoy the food. And then when I left LA, I still miss good Mexican. However, San Antonio is <laughs> way better, though. I'll say. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. They, San Antonio's got some good food. Oh, yeah. They've got good my, food. My wife's from there, so she she knows. Oh, so you. <laughs> yeah, I live. So I live. I lived there in 10 years. I started there uh, comedy and then I moved up to Austin and I've been uh-huh. doing it in between. So I started off in San Antonio, my very roots. And then I, I, I went up, uh, came to Austin and that's when I really started producing my shows and getting a little bit more into the weeds of it. But yeah, it's definitely, um, it, it's definitely a challenge trying to like just getting people's perspective and understanding, you know, their history and understanding where they come from. Because there's a lot mm-hmm. of my friends that are just not really savvy about their own history and they just kind of like, well, you know, like kind of go with the flow, you know, and it's like, no, man, you really have to think about where we came from and how these things came about. Okay, Ancestry.com, you know. like yeah. and check out your roots. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, for sure. When you were young, who went comedy? So uh, are you uh, speaking like relatively like in general, like in comedians, stand-up comedians or just in general? In general. So in general, like I grew up with my family. Uh, my family was like my biggest inspiration for comedy because 
now that I look back at a lot of things that I grew up, I grew up very poor. I grew up uh, not knowing a lot of things, uh, disadvantages I had had when I was younger and the advantages I've had because of my light complexion. And and so compared to my brothers and sisters who were, you know, dark complex, complexion. So I didn't notice those differences until I got out of that um, situation. But a lot of those situations and those those moments uh, we all coped with comedy we all mm -hmm. coped like my brother my sister my family we all just joked about a lot of stuff we were never serious about anything and it was just kind of like we would get sad and then all of a sudden something would you know the, the dog would fart or you know like <laughs> you know like just something so like, that, would, that would like break the whole thing like it was just it was just really it was depressing situations that we made very funny, you know, mm -hmm. and it was my family that inspired me. That was like, wow, like we're just goofy people. Like we're just funny people. Like we just like looking at stuff like uh, me and my brother, my sister could be in the same room and we all look at one thing and we're like, ha, we all laugh mm -hmm. at the same time. And it's that just type of humor where I was like, wow, I can really like if I can make my brother and my sister laugh, you know, maybe I can make other people laugh. And sure enough, um, I started doing comedy like in 2010, 2011. I started going to the open mics. And prior to that, I had I was just been, um, you know, just shooting the shit with my friends and just be like, you know, cracking jokes. And they're like, hey, dude, you should really go up on stage and try it. And I'm like, nah, I don't think I could do that. And like, And then I started thinking about it. I was like, well, maybe I could. <laughs> and then so I started doing it. But it, it kind of stems for like the inspiration comes from a lot of my families and friends. And when we're looking at stand up wise, performance wise, um, when it comes to comedians, um, I would grow up on Cantinflas, uh, mm -hmm. laughing with my family with Cantinflas, even though I didn't understand a lot of the stuff he said. It was a lot of stuff that was innuendos that my family would just play out. And it was just like funny situations um george carlin was a big inspiration bill hicks mm -hmm. was also richard pryor eddie murphy the three amigos tour with uh carlos mencia even though they were other people's jokes yeah <laughs> um, uh, i got uh, into a fight with him on ig oh no <laughs> like or, or something he made a comment because i am like i was just like because i am disgusted with what he did and yeah he was he's still bringing it up to this day yeah, and and so um, with him, I, I I I he unfortunately like he has such a good record back in the day. You know, he was one of the guys that I was like, wow, I was that's a comedian I kind of want to be. And then I started mm -hmm. realizing, you know, he was kind of emulating a lot of Joe Rogan too. So it was yeah. like, well, you know, so what does he do? Like, who is he really? So to me, it was he's always been an enigma, but he's always been mm -hmm. someone that I've always looked up as like, wow, he. You know, there's some good jokes there. Don't know if they're his or not, but they're pretty good. <laughs> and that, and and so uh, when I would look, you know, uh, Carlin, uh, Pablo Francisco was another one. Uh, and then when it comes to, you know, regular stand up, you know, just just new guys that are coming out, Bill Burr, uh, Kyle Kinane, mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of different comedians that I really enjoy watching. Um, but I've been inspired by like those are all of my inspirations, and a lot of the inspirations when I started. Um, doing comedy here in Texas where it also came from a lot of Texas comedians mm. so not only I had those uh, inspirations I also had a lot of Texas mentors um, that I've worked with here uh, that have uh, 
toured with bigger comedians like Paul Rodriguez, Chingo Bling, uh, Texas Natives, uh, Raymond Orta, Javi Luna, Mario Salazar. These are guys that are very well unknown, but very known to me and known mm. to the Texas region. So anybody who does comedy in, through Texas are going to run into the names I just described. And those are the guys that I try to be like, too. And mm -hmm. everything that they did, I try to emulate and try to bring to Austin and bring that Latino flavor and and, and have that, uh, you know, have that culture uh, stay here within us, too, as well. Yeah. So, so it, it, tell uh, me about um, how many shows do you currently produce? So right now I, I produce uh, Borderlast, which is a podcast slash uh, comedy show that I take on the road. And it's featuring uh, Borderlast is featuring uh, border town comedians okay. and a mixture of, uh, you know, high profile comedians like Celia. Celia was right. on my, uh, my show recently. It's a mixture of local talent and local Latinos and bringing them up as well mm -hmm. and bringing up the local talent. I take that show on the road and I have that one here in Austin and also in El Paso. And I also do a podcast with that uh, show. And the podcast is basically, I do it at a taco truck. Uh, well, my friend's <laughs> business was at a taco truck. And uh, basically it's kind of like a food review. It's a uh, comedy culture and comida. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of a mixture. Uh, I kind of intertwine the, 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 Oh, all I love three, that. Those three things. And I kind of uh, speak, uh, you know, talk to them about comedy and I talk to them about the culture and I talk, and then we do a little food review uh, oh, based I on my friends, uh, my friends tacos and, 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 and uh, see You're what making they like. me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> what, yeah. what, what do they serve on that taco truck? So we got, we got, uh, my friend is the chef. He's the owner. We grew up in the same neighborhood and mm -hmm. El Paso and El Paso. Uh, we're very known to have very Mexican street food, very unhealthy. You know, um, you're gonna, you're gonna get drunk and you're gonna, uh, uh, eat this food while you're sobering up type of food. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> so what we're known for is basically tacos aguajadas, which is basically flautas uh, drenched in and, and tomato juice and, and a little bit of cheese on top. It's not for everybody, but it's known in my neighborhood as, you know, the go to food when you're when you're drunk and you need to sober up. Yeah. Uh, he does that with a little bit of uh, uh, tacos, crispy tacos and uh, ground beef with or chicken. He does flautas. Uh, he does uh, menudos on Sundays. Um, so, yeah. So and, but it's all food from my hometown. So but no, lot... You know what? I My favorite um, breakfast is uh, chilequiles. Oh yeah, chilequiles is the best. <laughs> yeah, so we have like he does a lot of that stuff. I, I help him out on the weekends. I have to tell you what I did to my my um younger daughter had a a girl that lived with her, this roommate of hers, and um she she wasn't from Mexico, but she was like first generation. And I said she better have the chilequiles, like <laughs> and, and and I went there and the little puta spends the night with the boyfriend and disappears all that. <laughs> and, and then I told my daughter and my daughter's with her boyfriend. I said you never can trust a Mexican woman that can't cook. I'm sorry if that sounds like, <laughs> but um she don't oh she don't know how to make. I said that's a bad sign. And I was right. <laughs> And then don't you know, she moved out like a week later. Wow. <laughs> I was pissed. I didn't get my chilequiles. Like, hey, it's a deal breaker for some people. You just, it's a like, deal I was breaker. mad. And, and, and my daughter's like, well, mom, why don't you? I said, oh, hey, I'm not Mexican. I got an excuse. 
I want my chickenless. And, and so, so a lot of the recipes that my friend makes were also a lot of recipes that my grandmother made. So mm. it, it was very, it, it, it's a lot of home food for me, but a lot yeah. of people are just discovering this food here in Austin. And so while they're like, oh, wow, this is great. So they're eating all that up and he's selling out every weekend. Wow. And so, so I help them out on the weekends and I also do my podcast there and I get uh, comedy uh, comedians to do a quick food review and then talk about their comedy culture. And then I have the haha room on, uh, on Saturdays at Roscoe's um, uh, Friday nights. Um, I may be taking that one um, uh, doing less shows because I'm picking up a little bit more of my border last shows um, next mm -hmm. year. But um, that is one other show that I showcase uh, Latinos uh, as well. And then I have a, a another showcase called uh, Liberty Laughs. Uh, mm -hmm. This is uh, once a month. Uh, it's on the outskirts of Austin, and it's uh, a little bit in the rural area. And uh, it's it's in Liberty Hill, Texas. So I just feature different comedians. It's not Latino at all. It's basically for everybody. Um, and and um, it's a it's a showcase that I I run monthly. So at a brewery. So. I try to stay busy. <laughs> oh, nice. No, it's hard having multiple projects. That's what it is, isn't it? Yeah, like yeah. Especially like if you run into some road, like I had to take a little hiatus from my uh, my podcast. My dog passed away. and it's Oh, that's the worst. Yeah. And it, it, I just got into this funk where I just didn't want to do anything. No, so the dog is the worst. Like, because I still have my dog that passed and the zoom link if you see it but and then yeah. i have hold on hold on you want to see how crazy i am hold on a second <laughs> look at how it's a whole memorial oh the dog like yeah. hold on so i have yeah. his little look at look at how i have his little um oh. outfits his gucci um his little paul his, yeah, yeah. It, so i i know look at me like now you probably think I'm uh, like she's a nut. No, no, but I, I have the same thing. I have the. Yeah, but this is a whole memorial. Like, and he died in twenty eleven. Twenty not twenty eleven. I'd be really like not twenty twenty one February. Oh wow! So I yeah. have uh yeah, and I have two cats here. The cats are with my me with by default, but. That what what type of dog was it? Sorry, it was this was the Doberman Pinscher. Oh, he, he passed away suddenly, and he was one of my. Uh, I have two Dobermans. His brother is still alive, so his brother gives me hope. But he did die suddenly uh, for a rare condition that he had on um, July, and I had just. I'm so finished. sorry. The, uh, I yeah. just I just finished uh, recording two episodes. I still haven't released them yet uh, since July. So I took a small hiatus, and starting January, I'm getting I'm 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 getting back into those uh, those uh, uh, podcast episodes, and I'm gonna have feature Celia too on the next. Oh, one. I thought it'd be a good one. Yeah, yeah, it should be fun. So she's really fun to to speak with and and hang out with. She's just a really cool character. <laughs> yeah she, no she was great staying she's I told her like come stay with me and um my apartment's like all pink and I'm like I was like I hope she doesn't think anything crazy and then she goes no I like pink <laughs> yeah she's it's real all cool. all pink it's just it just screams like no man better move in that's like <laughs> and that's how it's gonna stay but um yeah she's great she did um she did a great job and I I really like um rooting for her big time definitely definitely she's making some waves and making some moves 
<clears throat> yeah, yeah, no, exactly. But yeah, it's hard, isn't it? So hard as a creative when you do have, like, you have the death of your doll. Like when something happens to keep on going, it's just so hard. People don't understand. Yeah, and and, and I, that's why, like, one of the biggest fears, you know, like if I succeed in this business and I get a little bit more notoriety and mm-hmm. I'm more recognized, I, I kind of have that fear of a little bit of fame and 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 having any type of the any type of that type of attention towards me because. I'm not going to keep up, you know, if I can't, you know, handle my dog dying, what, <laughs> you know, well, but like... I, I'm sorry, the dog is worse. I had two grandmothers die over a year ago oh, yeah. in a month's time. And that wasn't so bad. Um, like they, like within a month, like I was like, well, gosh, I can't make an excuse. They like one died the beginning of the month and the other one died and yeah. they were they were like I'm told, like one was in her 90s and the other one was 85 but they had you know I saw them deteriorate it was sad I didn't I didn't think it was very very weird I I wasn't as sad as I thought I would be you know because yeah. I feared that you know how us Latin people are with our well is like we they're everything you know right. like, like I was so like in a way like it, it it was you know I was upset and sad but that's the part when you're Latino like you know at my age when you're talking your grandmother dies to other Latinos we're like oh we get it but white people they're like mine died at five or six like yeah you're like really <laughs> like that's terrible you know? well, yeah yeah and, <laughs> and one of my great grandmothers just recently passed away not too long ago she lived up to be a hundred and you know I felt the same way too you know and it was like wow she you know to be blessed to be, you know, have that, that knowledge there and that wisdom. And it, it but it, after a while, it kind of got to where I would visit my aunt and she would just keep getting into these real recurring conversations like, oh, I don't know when the Lord is going to take me. And <laughs> like she was ready to go. So like, I was just like, she's like, all right, I've seen enough. Let's get this party going types. Yeah. Like, no, attitude. that's how my, um, well, my grandfather just died and at the end, like we were all, you know, he was like, I'm ready to go. He was, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He died at 92 and he wow. was ready to go. He was just because yeah. his wife had died the year before. He was, it was harder for him because, you know what I think it is when, when they're, as they age, the, the fact that they can talk to you when they have their mind right. Right. And they die, that, that's a major impact. But when my, um, both of my other, well as um on both sides their mind wasn't there like right so when they did pass it was kind of like a relief in a way but when they still right. have their mind and you could have a full-fledged conversation and then oh but he yeah. was like he was doing anything he was like he was like i'm ready i'm ready just to go when am i gonna die when it's yeah. over with <laughs> yeah. and i was like but i need you like i know right no, you it's, don't. It's, like, <laughs> I'm 92. What do you need me to do? Like, right? Yeah, but the Just dog, the dog will have you crying for days. Like, yeah, I don't know. yeah. The dog There's will a... have you wanting to get a tattoo somewhere. But t- yeah, yeah. <laughs> very interesting. <laughs> yeah, very interesting. For, yeah, that I felt the same way, and he's he's one of those. He was one of those dogs that. Oh. That I, it was it was very uh very sudden and uh yeah one of the best dogs I've had and 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 in uh, five years of his little life you know it was oh it was he died at f- oh five years yeah he was great he was great five years beautiful and I have his brother here so 
I'm not taking, you know, any any chances. He go he goes with me everywhere. So <laughs> Oh, yeah, cuz sometimes we would so I so now that I have two cats, it and I'm not a cat person. My daughter when she was 10 years old, she wanted a cat. She's 19 now. I you know how that goes. I got the cat. And then uh-huh. the other cat, somebody abandoned this other black cat and he's grown on me and I've like decided okay, I can't do I can't do dogs right now at the moment. Yeah. Like <laughs> this it, it I can't I don't know what it is with the dogs that they're and then when they sleep by you or they look at you, oh, it's the worst. So <laughs> sorry for bringing up about the dogs, but I know I know the feeling like it's, yeah. it's, it's So it, I'm yeah, I'm getting back on track. So next year I should have some some more episodes coming out. So cool. yeah, but that kind of helped me out, put me back a little bit, and um, and now I'm ready to get back. And 2024 is where it's at. I so want to visit um Austin. My older daughter lives over there. Yeah, um, by UOT. I've been dying to go, but she like there's been a couple times. So I would love to go visit over there and then see all the clubs and. And yeah, all definitely, definitely a lot of things to do here. Plenty of shows to check out. Um, yeah. You know, the Comedy Mothership obviously is here. Um, and we there's also Sunset Strip, a lot of different um, shows to catch. I mean, it's very, it's very, um, you can go to any show in Austin and have like, wow, these are really good. A lot of people moved here. And really good people. Really good, really wow. good. Yeah, because I've known comedy. some people from New York to move over there. Because also oh, the yeah, cost, yeah. Of, cost of living in New York is ridiculous. Uh, I used to work with a um, Texas guy that actually is in New York right now, Martin Urbano. Are you familiar with Martin Urbano? It sounds a little familiar, but. He actually had a small cameo in um, This Fool. And so he recently came out, but he's uh, he's established New York comic now. I think he has oh, his own okay. room somewhere now. But uh, he started off here in Austin, and he was he was on one of my shows, Martin Urbano. Urbano. It, it sounds and, familiar. Um, I'll have to mm-hmm. look. Like, yeah, because he his name that name sounds familiar, but I can't picture the face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, a couple of Austin comics uh, ended up on SNL. Uh, Devin Walker is another one that I worked with. Um, Devin Walker, which one is that this year? Uh, uh, for SNL, um, tall, tall black guy with the kind of like the dreads. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, so he was an Austin comic. Wow. Yeah, yeah. We've done a couple shows together. He's really good people, and uh, he came by the South uh, Moon Tower, said hello. He remembered me, but I mean, it was not too long ago where I just saw him on open mics here in Austin. So, um, wow. yeah. So there's a lot of people that moved up there in New York that kind of moved pretty quickly in the ranks and. And uh, he was one of them. I worked with him as well here in Austin. And, you know, they're always cool when they come back down. They say hello. They give me a pic. And... <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. So Now, have you toured any bit or you just stay within Texas? Uh, I good? usually stay within Texas. It's kind of hard for me to get further out unless I, you know, I, um, I, I, I do have a full-time job here still. Mm. So I do kind of have to stay uh, Texas region. Um, but I do uh, do take some time to go out to L.A. once in a while. And I do, I go down to Louisiana for a couple of uh, comedy festivals. Um, so so like I kind of stay in the southwest region, but I'm, I'm going to uh, Denver. I'm, I'm making more rounds up north. Um, I have a brother who lives in uh, Missouri. I'm trying to get in the Midwest area. The show me kinda, state. Yeah. Yeah. So 
So uh, I'm trying trying to branch out a little bit more. Um, I do have a couple states that I frequently go to, but I haven't gone to uh, nationwide pretty much as far as New York right. or LA. That's what's hard is when you're you are a creative and you have. Um, luckily, I'm an IG thought, so <laughs> I always tell I say I'm an IG thought, but um, that's the hard part about being a creative is how can you be there and maintain you know, your comedy and then pay your bills at the same time. It's a very hard process that a lot of, um, a lot of people aren't really talking about sometimes. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and a lot of, you know, I'm very blessed to have, a, you know, a job where I work from home and I'm able to, you know, do what I need to do. And then at night I'm able to go do, do my comedy. Um, so I'm very blessed to, to have, you know, my day job and, and, you know, but at the same time, you know, if I had more time to dedicate to comedy and, have more right. time to dedicate more of my podcast and more time to, to right. dedicate for writing. I, I would definitely um, start doing a little bit more full time. Um, but until then, I, I still uh, have a couple more months to go and then I probably can do a little bit more, more intensive stuff as, as I uh, move on in, in my career. <laughs> yeah, no, I understand. Yeah. Cause it's, it's just a, such a hard balance and, you know, when I lived in LA, it was a very, very hard balance. Um, but I had my sack. I wasn't doing comedy. I was doing more acting stuff. And then I, I actually wanted to get behind the scenes and even that process to get behind this, like I interned out of agents and then I realized, oh, I'm going to have to intern now to casting director. It was like all this free labor just to get anywhere to get known. Right. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty like much. It's like, you have to just keep on doing like free shit. To, that sounds like that sounds like comedy. Yeah, <laughs> or just sell your ass, like you know, it's like yeah, yeah, you know, one or the other. And it's it's I I applaud you though for working a full time job at you know providing for your family. Thank um, you. Yeah, that's very you know I admire that so very much so because uh, you know that's a hard thing. Definitely. And a lot of comics struggle, um, you know, and I, I try to help out a couple comics here, you know, give them rides here, you know, mm -hmm. give them a plate of food if they need, you know, like pay them for their shows, obviously, and right. making sure, you know, if they come out to my shows, at least they get paid or something in return, you know, maybe a couple beers or stuff like that. But I understand that's a struggle and that's never going to end. But, you know, it's always it's always going to be there and you never, you know, and, and I think the harder the grind, the better the comedian you become. Yeah. Well, that's what anything, the harder you do grind, the harder you do push. And the consistency is so important. For sure. The consistency. And, and I, I just got picked up by a tour. Um, so I'm also on tour throughout Texas here. And oh. so I'm, I'm touring with a couple comedians and uh, Valente from Rodriguez, uh, also from the George Lopez show. Is uh, -huh. uh he lives in LA and he comes down here to Texas to do some shows and so I'm part of his group. It's called Way Funny, uh, spelled with a G a G U E uh, Y, and uh, it's a group of us comedians that are kind of like kind of nomads go out throughout Texas and we we tour throughout Texas. Where's your favorite spot to visit in Texas? Like when you tour? Um, you know what? It's so many places i love going to um i really enjoy dallas i like dallas mm -hmm. um just because i don't know i i i, I hate the traffic but i kind of like the culture the 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 the, the, the vibe um 
people are very welcoming, you know, and, and, and there's a lot of Hispanics there. Um, and, um, I, I think I like Dallas the most Houston's up there too. And, uh, but uh, the, I think the best, I, it's always the towns in between those big cities uh-huh. that, you know, that people are really like, they can't afford to go to a comic club. So you take it to them. Oh, they have the most blessed. Oh, really? Family. They appreciate oh, yeah. it. Oh, they appreciate yeah. it much more. So I, I, I like the smaller towns within the, within the bigger cities. Oh, I see. I could see that because here I am in New York and every night there is something or someone performing and I do have that luxury. And I think about the, cause eventually I will retire somewhere and I'm not going to, you can't retire in New York. Like, uh, you you just can't, you can't retire in New York, but one day I'm going to retire, but then I'm like, well, what would I do for entertainment? And right. it would be boring, you know, and right. I own a home in Tampa, for instance, and I, they have like a couple clubs and I've looked at like, just curious, like, and I think I would just, it would, I'm kind of spoiled here that I have that like luxury on any time. And then when I lived in LA, I used to love going to the comedy store, but I could see where like once in a while, when something comes, people just running out. For sure. Yeah. And appreciating it more. Yeah. Definitely. So I kind of tend to target those little towns and try to build my following throughout there versus getting the bigger cities. Right. Yeah. That's smart. That's smart. I, um, I have the book right here by Kevin Hart. It's called, I can't make this up. And um, I think that's a bit, I, he probably didn't even write it. I bet you he didn't even write it. Okay. <laughs> but it's a good book because, and if you click on my link of my bio, by the way, and you go to my Amazon store, you can purchase it right there at Marcella Sobella. But anyway, um, <laughs> it's a very good book because it does talk about like how he built his fan base, how he went to city to city. And it was, the, I think it, in it, you know, um, he talks about like how he built it up by going from city to city and he did like a Facebook group and he connected with each people. And then every time he went back to there, the people just like enjoyed seeing him again. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. the old school method. Uh, I learned that from another LA comic. That's a very well-known thing to do is just kind of. Oh, okay. It. I'm over here thinking it was like unique. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it's it's been done. Um, I I uh, I have some Facebook groups out there that I uh, that I've used, but mostly, uh, um, yeah, I, I DM a lot of people. I end up just hitting up, uh, you know, people that I personally know, and then yeah. if they, you know, they're really good friends of mine, they'll share it or like, hey, go check this out, and so that kind of word of mouth, I try to do oh, it like okay. that. So yeah, that's kind of like I I try doing it that way versus a group. Um, cause it's more intimate, more personal. And then, you know, um, I just got to have time dedicated to actually like message everybody and like figure out, right, you right, know, right. like where, where everybody's at, but usually I'll, for everybody from that city that I know I'll message. Oh, that's good. That's smart. Yeah. 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 That's so good. it's like just even random people, like I haven't talked to in years, like, Hey, hope everything's okay. And I hope everything's blessed in your life. Uh, by the way here's a comedy show i'm gonna be in town <laughs> yeah you gotta market it some way or yeah i'm usually D- the other one dming the comics trying to get them on yeah. and it's, it's hard like i'm trying to get the com- like that's how i ended up just doing latinos because i was like hitting up different comics and the only people that would 
answer back as other Latinas. And then I was like, oh, well, this is how this podcast is going to go now. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> this sometimes is, it works out that way. Yeah, sometimes it works. And I've never, like, that method works for me. Like, it, like, because I have a big social media present, but um, that's how I've been getting people on is I've just been DMing them, like yeah. different comics or different people. Or sometimes I will go to the show because sometimes they're, they don't answer their DM if they're big. I will go and I will reach out. Um, but then like sometimes like I, you know, then I've seen them before and I've been like, uh uh-uh, uh no. <laughs> you you can't come on. <laughs> like, like Yeah. And bro, I'm like, no, okay, we're gonna pass on this person. <laughs> They're yeah, not I mean... funny. Yeah, I have to see some well, you know, um, I have to see something if I don't if I've if you know, like see something and then I'll like want to have them on some. Right. Right. Yeah, something <laughs> has to catch my eye. And if it isn't, ca- cause I remember one time I went in Brooklyn, it's weird in Brooklyn. Um, I went to a comedy show and I said, yo, I'm uh, 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 this is, this is nobody's coming on. this." Wow. Yeah. It's a small little, like it was probably the smallest show I ever went to. And I, and I was like, Oh, Okay. I found somebody and they weren't Latino, by the way. So, um, but <laughs> I was, I was trying to give other comics a chance in all fairness, but I was like, uh-uh, no, no. Yeah. You know, like, I was like, oh, I need to work, you know, and I didn't, but I'm not going to go up to a comic. I've, has that ever happened to you? A fan going up to you and like try critiquing you? Oh yeah. Oh really? yeah. Right after my friend, like, oh, you should try this in your joke or, oh, I think this would be funny if you said it this way. Or did you think about this? And I'm like, oh, yeah. And, you know, I just. <laughs> I'm like, that's now that's rude. I just won't go to another. I'll, I'll just be like, pass on them if I don't. I, yeah. just, I treat it like. unless Yeah. Unless unless I have. My, well, I specifically have uh, comics that will come up to me and ask them to critique their their set. Mm. And that that to me is also a kind of like. um rite of passage i guess i don't know like you, do me, you feel like, honored when they do that yeah i, I do because i don't I, I i've always kind of seen myself um bombing the same as them but when right. they come up to me and they're like hey man that really means a lot to me coming from you and i'm like wow really wow. That's <laughs> so like that makes me feel really good and that keeps me going because like i know and I'm, you know, like, I, I know there there's a lot of times where, you know, like some comics don't really like to be critiqued. So, right. but, and I, and I have done that in the past, but not knowingly doing that. And just, I would go up to comics and I'd be like, Hey, it would be funny if you did this. And then I kind of noticed that like, Hey man, uh, another comic uh, that's older than me kind of pulled me to the side and say, Hey man, Maybe you shouldn't do that. You should always just kind of wait till they come up and ask you versus mm-hmm. you telling them. And yeah. I'm like, oh, you know, that's great. And then sure enough, I, you know, started doing more of my punchlines and people come up to me and like, hey, how do you write? You know, what do you do to write? You know, and then I started, you know, just sharing them my ideas and how I write, my process, my thought process. And then after a while, they're like, hey, man, can you come check out my show? I mean, can you come check out my set and, and mm-hmm. let me know what you think? And I was like, okay, cool. And then so after the set, I'll be like, it's good, but put this one in the front. Put this joke here. Take that one out. It's too lengthy. And I'll just like do it like a red editor. And that's just how my brain thinks. And then and I'm like, okay, try it. And then sure enough, the next time the comic will try it, they're like, 
that worked. That line worked. And I was like, see, like, <laughs> like I'm just trying to tell you what I think is funny. It's not necessarily uh, critiquing on you particularly. It's just maybe how you say certain things. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that you're not funny or maybe if you put an inflection in your voice or maybe right. if you, do a, you know, something to enhance the joke, you know, to make it more uh appealing to me as like or i'm appealing to to somebody who i think would enjoy uh, their comedy set and knowing that person too they have the trust in me to give them that type of critique and they use my my uh my uh my uh my uh advice advice yeah advice so so it's very um, rewarding it's very rewarding that's very flattering too (laughs) now you said you're married and i have to ask you a question um how is it being married and being a comic as well? Um, or your wife's cooking just keeps you faithful. <laughs> is that what it is? Because you said she's from San Antonio. Like, no, surprisingly enough, I'm the cook in the family. She doesn't really. Cook. <laughs> she don't cook. Oh, she don't. I thought it was but a. She she has been with me thick and thin. Um, she she's she's known me before comedy, and mm-hmm. she's known me while I was I've been going through all of this, and she's been very supportive. I I couldn't ask for a better uh, partner in life, and she's she's very on board on on, on what I'm doing. So she's very supportive, and um and and she knows that you know it's my dream. She knows that it's something that I've pursued prior to us getting serious and I let her know the expectations of what to expect in this mm-hmm. type of lifestyle. And so she's, she rolls with it and she's, you know, she, she supports me and sometimes she'll go out of town with me and I'll have a show. We'll vacation. And I'll be like, Hey, I'm going to be back. I'm going to do a show real quick. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, and, and, but we, we spend our time together. We're both workaholics. Um, mm-hmm. So it works out both for us. Uh, she likes to work. And I like to work as well. So when she's at work, I'm I'm working. So we just kind of make time for ourselves, and um, you know, and and try to do the best we can with what we have, you know, and take care of our dogs. And no kids yet, but I mean, we we've definitely um, you know been together for a while, and and that's something that we may change in the future, uh, and maybe you know adding more a pressure to my <laughs> more pressure. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's okay you know but I, like I said I'll take anything that comes with it you know everything that's good that's good because it, it is nice to have a supportive partner that oh, has yeah. your back yeah. yeah and then but I I I know uh I don't know there's certain I've noticed a trend that some good good comics are like in a fateful grounded relationship and then I've seen some comics that are kind of like messed up or they they go everywhere and and it's like sometimes you need that 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 person right there that you could always go to and be supportive a hundred percent. Definitely. Very supportive and very, uh, but I thought she was feeding you like that. Well, (laughs) I wish. (laughs) No, she'll buy some, she'll know the good places, but oh, she'll know the good places, but (laughs) she won't make it. She's like, Oh no, I'm not going to make it. It's too much. So she'll, she'll buy, she'll buy the good stuff for me. Oh, good. Well, thank you so much, Josh. It was great having you on. Can you please let my audience know where they can find you, all your social medias and websites? Again, thank you so much for the opportunity. You can find me at Just Joshing Comedy, all one word, um, at, at all platforms, Instagram, Facebook, and um, 
uh, TikTok as well. I put a little couple of clips on TikTok. I make my videos there. And um, so, yeah, just Josh in comedy. And uh, on my page, you can also find my pages to my shows, Border Laughs and the Haha Room with a J-A-J-A. And they'll also, my handles will be on that page as well if you guys want to check out my shows. So, uh, yeah, that's me. I post uh, stupid memes every day. Um, <laughs> If you like memes, I throw in my shows in between those memes, and uh, hopefully I can you can catch one of my shows here in Austin. Yeah, and my name is Marcella Lawn, so if you'd like to see this full episode, go ahead and join my Patreon at MarcellaSovella.com. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Marcella Sobella. Thank you so much, Josh, for coming on Sunday Funday. Thank you for having me. It was a blessing. You're welcome.